0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Eyes Up Here. I'm your host, Lindsay Paylos. I do have a really serious, serious confession before I start this podcast. I'm completely hungover. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, I had that episode of Women in Business with Jane Nicole for Sugar Taco. It's our plant-based Mexican restaurant on Melrose. We had the grand opening last night. I ended up being an investor after she was on my podcast. I thought that I had to get in on the action. So last night we had this big grand opening. I drank a ton of tequila. I am hungover. Maybe I should hear myself. So yeah, I'm just you know just bear with me if I sound insane because I am. It was a long name, But anyway, by the way, so go eat at Sugar Taco. It's on Melrose. It's a plant-based Mexican. Me and like a team of 10-plus beautiful women decided to invest in this business, and it's really gorgeous, and the food's really good. Um, anyway, so now, without further ado, I want to introduce you to my special guest today. She is a comedian. She's gorgeous. She's a ball of energy. Um, Miss Lila Hart. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for coming. I have to tell you, um, the first, you made my day already because I have to tell you, there's a guy in this like production space where we're, mm-hmm. we're recording. There's this angry security guy that sits at the front desk every time I come in. Like, he's like a real grumpy dude, like almost mean, like almost <laughs> makes your day like a little bit messed up just because he's so mad about whatever. And I came in, and he's like, where are you going? I was like, oh, I'm going to this floor to record. He goes, oh, you're going to do the show with my new friend. Oh! And his face lit up, and this is the grumpiest, like, <laughs> biggest security scary-ass dude. He had a smile, like, from ear to ear, and he's never looked like that ever. Oh, my gosh, that's great. So that, if that, like, just gives you any hint of how Lila is, that it just should tell you everything. You are... So much fun, a ball of fun. We met at a comedy show, right? Yes,
1: I actually remember it was at the Hollywood Improv, and I'll never forget. I was walking down the stairs and I saw you, and I recognized you immediately because <laughs> earlier that day I had uh, saw this video on Facebook, and it was the video you did about like the struggles of having big boobs. Oh my god! And I saw you, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the girl. So <laughs> I immediately like went up to you, and you were so nice and so approachable, oh so friendly, and you said you were from Louisiana. My dad's from Louisiana. <sighs> Where in yeah. Louisiana? Monroe, top of the boots. Um, I was born in Ruston, which is really close. I don't really know that oh, I uh, the geography very well. <laughs> yeah, but. it's kind of boring. Um, and then I remember we, like, exchanged uh, Instagrams, and you were just so nice. Uh-huh. And it's been so cool, like, over the last... uh. Three and a half years to, you know, just follow each other's journeys, and you truly are. You not only are you beautiful on the outside, really kind Mm. and sweet on the inside. Thank you. You know, I'm
0: really honored to be on your podcast. Oh my god, no, I'm so happy you made it. I'm so happy you're here. You just got back from. You're just telling me you got back from this crazy trip. Yes, I was in uh,
1: Nashville (laughs) performing stand up at Deja Vu Showgirls. Hell yeah, yeah. I I was with uh, Sylvia Sage, who is. Amazing, she's a comedian slash porn star. Lovely, so much fun working with her. But we did two show uh, two, or well, there were four shows, two nights. But Friday night, Saturday night, an eleven thirty show, and a one thirty show. That's a lot. Uh, I mean, it was crazy, and it was by. uh, I definitely feel like a stronger comedian after Mm -hmm. experiencing something like
0: that. Really? Why? Well, because you've done. I mean, you're a seasoned comedian. Well, I've done a lot of
1: shows, but you know, there's a you have to be really funny to compete with naked. Oh. You know what I mean? And like I'm on stage <laughs> and I have the microphone, and half the guys are looking at me like, "Why isn't she naked yet? What is going on um, here?" Yeah. And let me tell you, so the first night we get there, um, th- first of all, the club Deja Vu uh, Nashville Showgirls was amazing, super great staff, oh. love all of the girls, they were wonderful. But the first night we came, um, the microphone wasn't really working. So mm. imagine me getting on stage and the microphone is going in and out. People are like staring at me. It was just really just a very kind of like, uh, awkward show. And then by the second show, the microphone went out completely. So I was like, screw it. I just jumped on stage, no microphone, like just screaming at the top of my lungs, like my jokes, but I was getting laughs and I was spinning around the
0: pool. I took off my
1: shoes. Like, you know, we, we really, uh, I felt like we did a good job.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Good for you.
1: But you know, the, the, the most like uh, the most profound moment I had was the second night. You know, I'm on stage and it's 1:30 in the morning, and it, this is the rowdiest crowd I've ever performed in front of. And I'm doing my jokes, and you know, I talk about um, everything. I'm four and a half feet tall, 75 pounds. I have spina bifida, and I'm on stage, and I decided talk about my disability yeah. and it was, like, I, I, uh, I say that, you know, I have spina bifida, but most people with my condition, a majority of them, you know, they are unable to walk and every morning I wake up and I'm just so grateful for the doctors and the surgeons and this crowd just starts cheering oh. and I'm like, praise God, hallelujah, it's a miracle and they are so with me and so <laughs> on board, they threw money on the stage. Yes. And it was this moment I had where I was like, wow, I've really grown as like a person and, and a woman, whereas like five years ago when I was like, uh, I don't know, like 22.
0: Yeah, I didn't ask older. Yeah. So you're you know, my age. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Be, I'll be 28
1: in July. Okay, July 14, just turned 28.
0: Okay, cute. And uh,
1: yeah, your birthday is May 19th. Uh-huh. Taurus. Yes, yeah, so Um, crazy. But <laughs> when I was 22 and uh, I had a boyfriend who cheated on me and it was the most horrific, painful experience. And I remember after that happened, I like, I went to a strip club and like smoked hookah and just was at the strip club because I wanted to like see other women because for a long time I blamed my spina bifida and my body was because that's why he did those things, right? right? And I think five years later, I'm at a strip club where I can look at other women, uh, appreciate another woman's body, but totally feel confident and secure about myself and be on stage doing stand-up. And I felt like the mascot of the strip club Yay! all weekend, you know? Yeah. I was, like, cheering people on. And it just feels to be – it feels so great to be in this place in my life where I'm so confident and secure with my body because for a long oh, time I wasn't.
0: I love that shit. I, f- I still feel like that all the time. Man, this is where my hangover brain kicks, kicks in. I'm like, no. I, I, need a, I need a shot right now, honestly. Could <laughs> yeah. we? What is today, Friday? <laughs> you know, I – I got into
1: stand-up because um, originally... So I went to Washington State University. What did you study? I have a degree in broadcast production. Oh my God,
0: perfect. And And minor in
1: political science. And That's a hard one. Those you, are hard. You know, originally what I always... My dream job, what I always wanted to do was be um, a news anchor. Because behind the news desk, no one would be able to tell that I was four and a half feet tall. And you yeah. wouldn't be able to tell that I had spina bifida. And that was always my thing. And then, um, you know... Uh, I moved out to California and I would go to all these different auditions. So I wanted to get into acting as well. And, you know, I'd show up um, they'd love my headshot when they'd see it. But then I'd <laughs> show up and they'd be like, oh, we weren't expecting her to be this small. And uh-huh. I would not get um, the gig. And I had this epiphany one day and I realized that, you know, if I wanted to get on TV, if I wanted to get into acting, that I would have to do stand up because then people would write parts in for me.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. That's amazing. And it's clever.
1: You know, it's just, uh, you know, stand-up has been such a freedom for me because I talk about everything that used to make me feel so insecure, just saying the word spina bifida alone. And, you know, for people don't, who don't know what that is, um, spina bifida, it's a congenital birth defect. Mm-hmm. I was born with spina bifida and my parents did not know that I had it until, you know, I came out and I had to have surgery immediately. I've had over seven major operations. They told my mom I would never be able to walk, that I would have learning disabilities, and like all these uh, different scary things, and yeah. when I was um like from the ages of like 12 to 16, I would have to go to uh, doctors all the time because as my back was growing, they thought I'd lose the ability to walk. And so a lot of very scary things. But, Whoa. you know, I have to really give thanks to my mom and my dad, but especially my mom, Esper Hart, who she's a strong Filipino woman. Esper? and Yeah, Esper. Oh, what a cute
0: name. Yeah, well,
1: she's on Instagram too. Oh my so God. She, She's like, she follows everything I do and um, comments on everything, which is amazing. But without her, I definitely would not you know, have... The strong will that I have, and and I I really believe that a lot of my mom's strength is uh, in me.
0: That's amazing. I love good parents, man. Yeah. Especially parents who are commenting on your stuff. I love the way parents talk online. First of all, yeah, like they, they <laughs> their lingo is just a little bit different. I don't know, but Esper. Esper? Yes, Esper Hart. No, she's on. Uh, she's
1: on my Instagram. Like, if I get a hundred comments, mm-hmm. there will be a hundred comments back, and it's just my mom saying thank you or just. Res- to people for, thank you for supporting my daughter. And it's so funny, like, even if they say like, oh, you're so sexy, my mom will be like, oh, thank
0: you so much. Oh my God. I love her. She's the best. I want a mom like that, that does that. My mom does not follow me on Instagram. I think my mom blocked me on Instagram <laughs> if she has one. She like didn't want my teenage sisters to see my like sexy pictures. That's funny. That's exactly the opposite <laughs> of what Miss Esper does. But, um, no, that's crazy. That's cute. Wait, so what was I going to ask you? Oh my God. No, I saw this movie Mm -hmm. the other day and this is when I really, I remembered that I had to have you on my podcast because I've actually had your name on my list of people who I wanted on my show for a long time. But I was watching this show. It was called Far From the Tree and Mm -hmm. it was actually a movie about parents and they had children who were different than them. That was like the only thing. And so the first parent had a child who was autistic really, like, I guess had a really severe case of autism, but was this crazy smart child. And, and they had problems diagnosing him and all of this stuff in the beginning. But so they followed that. They followed um, a child with Down syndrome. They followed a gay child to a, like, conservative family. And they followed a, oh, my God, they followed this one group of parents who had a son who murdered someone. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then on the happy one, they had this couple. And the couple w- were little people, like, mm-hmm. very small and um, they were having a baby, and so they were gonna have either like a an adult, like a what is it called, an average size child yeah. or a, a little child, mm-hmm. and they didn't know. So this movie was all about the differences of these parents is like, like experiencing people that are different than them. And I remember watching it, and the couple who were having the baby, we were watching them, and we were watching them navigate um, them through their life and walking down the street and shopping. And I remember looking at them, and I was going, "Oh, that's so cute." And then I stopped, and I go why do I think that this, they're cute because this guy could be an asshole like this guy is, mm-hmm. a, this is a person like what is it about stature that had me associating that with cute I, I knew I was like this isn't right because he could be a dick he's probably, mm-hmm. he's probably a fucking dick <laughs> most dudes are like don't you know I mean you know he probably was but no I was just remembering like wow I really just assigned this mm-hmm. positive trait right. even to someone that might not even have earned mm-hmm. it and I'm like why is that why did I do that
1: no, I, I love that you actually brought that up because in my stand up, you know, I talk about disability and I think that it's very interesting how with disabled people, you automatically just associate inspirational, yeah. you know, and, um, but at the end of the day, people are people, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't meet anybody with spina bifida till I was 21
0: whoa right
1: so um, just imagine like my whole life I felt so different and I, I meeting people with disabilities and meeting other people especially with spina bifida like really helped me on my journey mm-hmm. but the first time I actually met anybody with spina bifida I was 21 and I flew out to uh, meet this woman and, um, and a, a whole group of other people with spina bifida and I remember walking in to meet them and the first thing she said to me was oh uh, why don't you have walking cans to walk? And it was like, she was upset that I didn't have walking cans. Mm -hmm. And then it was a very like... um, it really made me sad because even for a long time in my disabled community, I felt like an outcast because, you know, I, c- I can walk pretty normally, yeah. even though I walk with a little bit of a limp, but I'm not in a wheelchair. I don't use walking canes yeah. or I only use my brace when I'm like hiking. I don't have to take any, I'm not in pain, thank God. So I'm not taking any pink colors. And so for a long time, I felt like this outcast uh. and then- Amongst regular people, right, I'm not really normal because you see me and I'm four foot six yeah. and you know I walk a little bit different. So I feel like I'm in this gray area, which is totally perfect for stand-up comedy because I can really talk about everything, yeah. you know? And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it was just very interesting. And it's still like kind of been an interesting, uh, journey because, you know, I collaborate with other people who are little, right. Mm-hmm. Where I have spina bifida. So technically I don't have dwarfism, mm-hmm. but I do have short stature. So I have restricted growth. Right. Okay. And I, um, I was called a midget growing up. I was, you know, I was made fun of for being small. So in my stand-up, remember one of my earliest jokes was, I'm not a midget, I'm Filipino, you know? (laughs) And uh, I used to love the show Little Women LA. Have Uh you ever watched that show? I've
0: seen parts. So, um...
1: Before I did stand up, I would watch the show, and I especially loved this woman on the show. Her name was Elena Gant. We had the same birthday, and we were the same size. Oh, and she's blonde and four six. And I,
0: the platinum blonde. Yeah, I've seen her. Yeah. Before.
1: So I I wrote to the show. This is before I did stand up. I wrote to the show because I wanted to be on the show and I wanted to do like a photo shoot with her because we're like the same size. And um, I never heard back from them. And then I started stand up, and the show reached out to me. <gasps> Mm. And I'll never forget, I was in like the um, production like room and they're like, so I told them the whole story and I was mm-hmm. like, see, and it worked out because I said I wanted to do stand up so that, you know, people would write parts in for me and clearly it's working because oh. you reached out to me. It was so cool. That's amazing. And uh, I did stand up for the little women and I was so excited. And I remember right before I went on stage, I'm like, am I going to do my midget material? And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it because I believe in my material and, yeah. you know, if you're going to, I was, this is how I feel about standup. Like if you have a joke that you, that might be offensive, mm-hmm. you should be able to do it in front of the people that you think it would offend the most. Yeah. If you couldn't, if you don't, if you can't do a wheelchair joke in front of somebody in a wheelchair, then you shouldn't be doing that joke. Yeah. Right. So I do my material and afterwards, um, I go to meet the girls and the cameras are rolling and I'm like so, I'm so nervous. excited and, um, I get uh, Here's another thing that's kind of funny with me me having a spina bifida. When I stand up, like I might be like a little bit taller um, than some people with dwarfism. But when I sit down, I'm significantly smaller because I have a very short torso. Mm -hmm. So I have long legs and a short torso. So I go and I meet the girls. And the first thing that they say to me is, we don't really like the fact that you're using the M word, Lila. And you're stand up.
0: And they just start. Groaning. I'm already stressed because it's a reality show, yeah. and I like I've been on sets like that, and, and I'm just scared. I just hate that feeling. Well, first I'm of all. and I was
1: 24 at the time, and Ugh. only seven months into stand up, and uh, they're telling me they don't like my joke mm-hmm. because saying the word midget is offensive. And I have to say this: I'm so grateful for the fact that we had that opportunity to talk about that on national television, yeah. right? And what I told the girls is, I'm not saying the word word to hurt you. I'm saying this word because it used to hurt me. Yeah. Right? And I feel empowered by the fact that I can say midget on stage. It doesn't give you a right to say it to me, but like I'm okay with it. And even before that, like uh, two weeks before I started stand-up, this just shows how like um, you know your mind can grow and expand. Two weeks before I stand I started stand up, I went to a show at the Laugh Factory. Mm-hmm. And um, this comedian was on stage talking about his midget friend, and who he was actually talking about Brad Williams. Okay, he was a stand-up comedian little person. And um, he's talking and he was talking about his midget friend, right? And I remember sitting there in the audience, like, oh my god, oh my god, he said midget. They're gonna think that, that he, everybody here is going to think that, uh, he's talking about me, even uh, though he was clearly talking about a dude. Yeah. But in my mind, because I was still struggling with words like midget, um, he was talking about me. So, you know, I did this, uh, to go back to little women, I did the show and I'm really grateful for the girls that, you know, that we had that conversation. And I also understand, you know, it's reality TV. Yeah. They wanted us to talk How did about it end?
0: That. I remember seeing your post, and it looked really positive. Like I liked, I remember well, you came up off- I liked how you came off.
1: Well, they, I did it. cry. I did cry because I was just so taken back by like, oh, my God, they don't like my comedy. Right. And I was really sad, you know, but um, looking back on it now, like, I mean, if I, when I when my Netflix special comes out, mm-hmm. I'm going to call it Listen Here, Midget Bitch. Cute. You know, that's just because for me, it's like I, it's not about the word, mm-hmm. you know, like it's about the fact that I'm. When I say I'm not a midget, I'm Filipino, I'm just like, I'm not a midget. I'm Lila. Yeah, you know, and i'm I'm poking fun at the fact that it's just it's so ridiculous that we put so much um we we put so much into these words, and I just, I don't want to
0: live my life like that anymore. It's so much pressure, too. I always... Oh, oh it's so much pressure. I just lost my train of thought of again. Oh. Every time I have a clever thought, my tequila brain has just ripped it out of my it's forehead. Okay. You want to know something really oh interesting? Oh, my but I gotta God. I got to tell you this
1: part. This is really funny. Um, I met up with these girls who are from the UK, mm-hmm. and they're also little women, mm-hmm. and they told me that in the UK, they don't like the word little person or dwarfism. They don't like that. They like to be called... Uh, Restricted growth I have restricted growth I was
0: going to ask you Something about If you prefer If you like the word Little person Because I was thinking About the word In its context And I I find it Like there could be A better one And it's not for me to say But it's just As an observer I feel like the word Little is a relative word You know Mm -hmm. Because you A little Little is only something If something is big Or if something is normal It kind of It kind of creates this idea That one is abnormal And I feel Mm -hmm. like There's no abnormal human You shouldn't Kind of So I even find little like an odd peculiar word.
1: I, I I just feel like we get so caught up. Even in the disabled
0: community, some people yeah. don't want to be called disabled. Wait, by don't want to. Yeah. Wait. By the way, we, you should have told them. Well, we don't like what you call cigarettes in the UK. What do, What do they call them? They call them. It's a gay slur. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> she'd be like, "Well, I got one for you. Uno card, reverse that shit." Oh my god, that's like, what okay. do you call your cigarette, ma'am?
1: I did, like but I did like that. What she said, like, restricted growth. I'm like, oh, that kind of that
0: makes sense. Yeah, see, that's why my
1: my growth is restricted. On <laughs> my way
0: here, I was thinking it should, like I would think uh, like my, the ideal word would be something more scientific. Would be just something of science, not so much of. Relativity, like little. You know what yeah. I mean? But I'm a word nerd. I think these things are way too deep. But that ownership with words happens a lot. It's, it happens in hip hop. It happens even in uh, feminism when women talk about slut-shaming. You just mm-hmm. kind of pick up on the word slut-shaming. Like most people who, you know, say stop slut-shaming, they're not sluts. I'm not a slut, but I'll call myself one because it means that whatever you say is, you know, it doesn't matter. Right.
1: Yeah, and I know. I, I feel the same way, but it's just, I think it's very interesting how we get so caught up in these words. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even, okay, before I started stand up, I did not like the word disabled, which is so mind-blowing to me. But I didn't get a disability placard Mm -hmm. for my car till I was 24 years old Mm -hmm. because I was so ashamed of the stigma. So now in my stand-up, I say all of the words that made me um, used to feel really insecure, like disabled, Mm -hmm. uh, handicapped, crippled. I say all of those things because they used to hurt me. And now I just feel more empowered by... I can go on stage. I talk about all the things that used to be so painful yeah. in my life, and I put a humorous, like, um, twist on it, yes. and it really
0: educates people at the end of yeah. my set. Yeah, it does. And by the way, I mean, people in L.A. are like so scammy about those placards. By the way, you know that people try oh, yeah. to buy them for like five hundred bucks at gas stations, and it's a thing.
1: Well, I mean, it's pe- really some messed people up here. Are just so like they don't. Um, well, they'll just park in a place with no handicap placard present. Yeah, like with no shame, no care. This happened to me at Starbucks. Like happens to me at the specific Starbucks. There's this really great disabled parking spot that's in the back. Is it the one on Sunset? No, no. no. It's the one on Sunset. Okay, yeah, because that parking's hard to get. Well, the it's yeah. by Saddle Ranch, but. Okay. I've caught so many people there who are parked in that spot. And I can't tell you how many times I've angrily walked into Starbucks. Oh, hell yeah, I give no fucks, okay? <laughs> and I'm like, who the hell is in my spot? Yes. And somebody will get up because they're like, oh my goodness, I'm sorry. And and they'll move it. But yeah, you and know, I take
0: my disability privilege as far as I can get it these days. Yeah, as you should. And you know what? It's because there's rich people here too. So they mm-hmm. don't care about a fine. Like they don't care if anything happens. They don't, they just don't care. Right. And it's really annoying. <laughs> it is. Oh, it is. But
1: someone has to call him out, and
0: I don't mind being that person. I love that. What. I really appreciate that. I would love to be there when you do that, actually. Oh, sometimes I put it in my story, so <laughs> As if well, I really... <laughs> do you ever leave notes?
1: Uh, no, but Good. you know what? When I feel like I... face-to-face is better. I don't, I'm not a note I'm leaver. really grateful, actually, for... Uh, the. The, one of the first experiences I had with that happening led to me writing one of my greatest jokes. Wait, what so, was it? Can you tell me? So yeah, I'll tell you because I have it. Um, Yay. It's on my Instagram too. But basically this guy, this black sheep parked and it also happened to be on, ish, on International Day of Persons with Disabilities. Shut which up. Was so ironic. What day is that? I don't know what day it was, but it was on oh. Instagram, okay? <laughs> and the hashtag was everywhere. And, you know, all my disabled friends, we you know, they're posting their pictures and mm-hmm. stuff. So uh, I go to park at Starbucks and this guy's parked in my spot. And I'm so angry about it. And I come home. And I actually, I hang out with like a, a really solid group of comedians. Shout out to Channel 310. That's our <laughs> comedy crew. Uh, and I go to my friend Niles Abston, who's a comedian. And I'm like telling him about, you know, this guy parked in my spot. And I'm like so upset about it. And we're talking and I'm like crying. And he's like, Lila, you know, that's like your N-word. And I was like, oh, that's right. So basically the joke is, you know what a disabled parking spot is for a handicapped person? What? That's like my N-word, okay? Mm-hmm. I get to use it. <laughs> Some people try to use it, yeah. and I think no one's around or watching. Like, uh-huh. oh, I got a disabled friend. <laughs> no, it's not yours to use. Yeah. So what, why I love that joke so much is because it really, like, it takes, like, the disabled community and puts them with, like, another community who's, like, struggled with yeah. different adversities. And that's what I really try to do with my stand-up is connect, connect disability with, um, like, regular
0: people and say, yeah. like, they're all people just trying to live. Yeah. It's all a story of empathy. Yeah. That's like my main goal with everything. Even with podcasts, it's talking to people and just realizing, like, holy shit, we put we we naturally just put people in boxes. Oh yeah, and and we are even in a box. Like we put people in boxes unconsciously. We just do it, and it's all about kind of like overcoming that. Because mm-hmm. um, I I have a really really deep question. Yeah. Okay. Should we go like really really deep? Absolutely. Oh my god, this is so deep. Okay. So because I wrote this down, I was really curious, but I. Where I stand, like religiously, first of all, are you religious?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I was, I grew up, my dad going to church, my parents going to church, mm-hmm. and I definitely have like my relationship with God. So you, I'm not afraid to say praise God on a stripper stage, so you know that's amazing. By the <laughs> way,
0: Hallelujah. Um, no, I love that. But so where I stand, I'm I'm definitely spiritual, mm-hmm. and I just, but I can't quite figure out like religiously what I am. Mm-hmm. I definitely believe in like a moral compass and, you know, living in gratitude and I pray, but I'm not necessarily sure what I've got figured out. And I'm still working on that. And, and I'd rather be honest about it than lie about it. Absolutely. Like a lot of people lie and go to church c- because it's what they're supposed to do. And I haven't quite figured out where I'm, I'm standing there. I'm trying to just figure it out. But I, was, I always think if we do have – if our life has a value and it has a purpose – A lot of people in religion believe like life has a purpose. There's a significance. So it's not a coincidence where we're born, like whose parents we have. And our makeup is, it's a design. It's not like an accident. Mm -hmm. And so I always think in my body and in my soul is my purpose, you know, what is my purpose? Is my purpose to... Kind of, is my purpose to make people have empathy for others? Is my purpose to be, have a super slutty stamp on my forehead and teach people that that's not cool? Like, I'm always trying to figure out where my value lies as a mm-hmm. human. Do you feel that way ever? Are you ever like, you know, why is is this me? Is this, Do I have a purpose to do this? And I think especially with comedy, you would kind of feel similar to me. Like, you know yeah, what I
1: mean? You know, for a long time, I was, I think I was really angry and sad mm-hmm. with God, like, um, sorry, this makes me feel emotional, but, um, like, I just wanted to be like everybody else, you yeah. know? like, why did, um, why do I have to be disabled? Why do I have to go through all this stuff? Like, why me? And then it got to a point where, um, now, now I can honestly say with my life, I'm so grateful and I'm so happy to be in this body. You know, I had a moment where I was at a comedy club and I thought to myself, like, it'll make sense now. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be a comedian yeah. if I hadn't gone through all of these adversities and struggles with having this disability. And like I said, I feel like I'm in this kind of gray area where, you know, I'm so grateful that I'm able to walk, but I also have had so many surgeries and I know what it's like to be in a wheelchair. And, you know, I was so close to having that happen to me and um, it gives me a lot more empathy. And I feel like that alone is a a huge gift, you know, where I can empathize with other people who are going through their own situations and then, you know, Feeling like I'm in this gray area where I'm like disabled, but normal, but, you know, I just... I know that my purpose is to do stand-up and it's to make people laugh, but also to educate people and to talk about
0: disability in a way that has not been done before. I think it is very clear your purpose, too, like sitting here across from you. Because aside from, you are the perfect relatability, I feel like, to a lot of people, actually. Because you are stunning. You aren't, you are just, you're easy to look at and listen to and watch. (laughs) Like, I just, I just, I do feel like you're meant for this. I actually had a professor in college. He taught race and politics. Mm -hmm. And I thought that he was meant to do this by God or you know whoever created us. I just because he was you couldn't tell his ethnicity at all. Wow. He, you couldn't tell like a white person could see him as a white person, a black person could definitely see him as a black person and he do, he wouldn't tell us. Our mm-hmm. professor wouldn't tell us. and it was perfect to be taught by someone who was just gifted with just even an appearance that was so relatable. You know, to talk about such a difficult topic. Mm-hmm. and to, to white and black kids in Louisiana, it was wow, very yeah. intense. But I just never forgot it. And it really gave me like, I don't know. I just feel like some people are meant with such a special purpose. And I feel like you are definitely one of those people. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and I always feel like too, I always look at my life as like a video game. Because I'm just a sick freak. My brain is on a whole other planet most of the time. And I think that some people's video game is on, you know, level easy. Mm -hmm. And then some get to level advanced. And, you know, our trials and tribulations are just a little bit significantly more difficult or harder or more specific. But I think that the people who get the highest or the lowest lows will get the highest highs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And we're just like riding this like, you know, advanced level shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I don't know. I'm glad that you think that because that's how I see you. And that's how I see a lot of significant and extraordinary people. don't think it's a mistake.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I absolutely believe that. And I, I think that at the end of the day, you know, it's not really people are like, Oh, I just want to be a good person. And it's like, I don't want to be a good person. I want to be a kind person. Yeah, You know, like we all make mistakes and we're all out here constantly learning. Like I know that this journey that I'm on, I'm still learning to love myself even more mm-hmm. and more, but I can definitely look back on the last
0: five years of my life and be like, wow, I've really grown. Yes. Honestly, and the last few years of our lives too, because like 22 to 27 mm-hmm. is a big difference. Oh, I, hell yeah. I was so dumb i always say this on my podcast but i mean i was i can't even imagine i feel bad for anyone who had to meet me at like 21 22 i think i was extra dumb like i don't think i was like regular 21 22 year old dumb i was pretty stupid and i had never been on like i was i was never on a plane until one time um until i moved to la oh my god so that's how like i had never seen new york city i didn't i just was not i didn't read the news i was just not there but it's crazy in five years how your mind can expand and your whole oh, world absolutely. can just change. You know, the the most amazing thing about
1: moving to Los Angeles, like, so when I, when I was in, Wa- when I went to Washington State University, I was the literally like the only small person on my campus and all I wanted was to be part of a sorority, mm-hmm. right? So I rushed a sorority week my freshman year and I didn't get into any of the houses and it was so sad, but I knew like in my heart was like, oh, they didn't want me because you know, I look different. Right. And by the time my senior year came around, um, this girl, this drunk girl came up to me at a party and she was like, you know, none of the houses wanted you. I feel so guilty because we didn't want to be known as a house with a crippled girl. Oh my and God. See, I don't
0: know much about sororities, but I just know that <laughs> half of you bitches, I want to fight you. Like but I seriously am so <laughs> mad in this studio. But isn't I was like, never in a sorority. But
1: isn't that, so this was like before Instagram and before like, you know, social media was like mm-hmm. really popping off. And it's, I think, I love how Instagram has really now given more people who look different a platform. Yeah, me too. But I'm also like, you know, it, it's very interesting for me to have lived in that area where, like, it was not cool to be uh, mm-hmm. hanging out with the person who, like, looked different. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, now on YouTube, you know, it is. Oh, right? yeah, they, they
0: want to look more diverse and, like, they're right. woke and cool.
1: And I... You
0: know.
1: am <laughs> You're so funny. But moving to L.A., moving to L.A., I have so many friends of all different mm-hmm. um, heights and sizes. In fact, like, one of my really... Uh, one of my really close friends I'm getting close to this last couple months is my friend Drew Presta, and she is uh, a three foot four model, and mm. she's gorgeous, you yeah. know. And then I have another friend, Sassy Cassie, who she's uh, two foot ten. She's the world's smallest stripper, and um, you know, I have friends who are even smaller than me, yeah. and it's just like, I now I'm not so focused on like my size anymore, even though I talk about it. I, when I walk into a room, I literally feel like I'm six foot two.
0: Isn't that amazing? I love that. I love hearing that. And I feel like LA that's, everyone talks shit about LA, that it's this crazy liberal, crazy place. I like being liberal, but whatever. But it's like, you know, people think LA, people actually from the South are worried that LA people are like assholes. Uh I'm like, no, not at all. And it's the, that's the beauty of it though. We have people of all walks of life and looks and shapes and sizes. I mean, you have people with like, whose dogs are purple and their hair is every, you know, just like doing some piercings all over and you don't look twice because that's LA. And that's, what's so fucking cool about LA. No, it's the, it's the best. You can, I, like I said, I am
1: here and I living in LA has really just expanded my mind because I have met all types of people mm-hmm. from, I mean, actually when I moved out to LA and I found a place on Craigslist, um, I knocked on the door, you know, cause I was moving into this place and my roommate was a seven foot, like 10 man Shut who up. was renting out rooms in his house. <laughs> and I'm just like. I could not have written this, you know. Like, <laughs> so funny. I also didn't tell him that I was four foot six, but like it was just so funny, like that he was this giant and I was living in that this is house. So amazing!
0: <laughs> I feel like that's meant to be, honestly. You know, maybe I should write that in a sitcom someday. You definitely should. Oh my god! And I can't wait to play your next Netflix special. Yes. I need to quit drinking tequila on a Thursday night. Um, I wanted to ask you like, do you ever have any wild dating stories? Well, I actually have a boyfriend. Oh my god, yay. Yes.
1: Eric Abenante. He's the best. He's uh he actually is a comedian as well. Oh my god, and fun. um we run a YouTube channel together, Channel 310, and uh, I have a show on there called Small Talk with Lila Hart. So he's great. But he mm-hmm. lets me be the star, you know, so that's why it works. As he should, <laughs> as every man should, honestly. But he's not very tall. Like, but so, like, together, I just. How tall go, is he? He's 5'3. Oh, you
0: guys, th- that <laughs> sounds look, so adorable.
1: But we look that's like, perfect. just like, I just, he makes me, he doesn't. I, like feel, I don't feel small when I'm with him, which is nice. That is some beautiful ass shit, by the way. No, he's great. But I like, <laughs> I, oh my goodness, girl. Why does he pick? Oh, I'll, I'll show it to you. Let me see. But um, I've dated all heights, but you know, it wasn't, I know it sounds so cliche, but they say like, you know, when you really, truly start to love yourself and take yeah. care of yourself,
0: then the right person yeah. comes in. But there he is. Oh my God. Oh, you guys are cute. Yeah. You are like the perfect match. Oh my God. I hate you. I'm so jealous. (laughs) I love cuteness. No, he's awesome. He was really excited that I was doing your podcast today. Oh, my God. Shout out to your man. <laughs> you got a good girl, honestly. So hold on to that. Don't fuck it up. Because I'll kill you. I guess I'm grumpy when I'm hungover. I want to, like, kill people. Oh, my God. You're so funny. It's the sorority girls that really piss me off. You know what, though? <laughs> I'm off.
1: I, this is even, like, crazier. Um, I Like, an article was written about me, like, a couple months ago. And I shared it. And then, um, or actually, no, I think it was an Instagram post. Mm-hmm. I, like, did an Instagram post where I basically, like, I did this joke about me, like I'm the baddest midget bitch, you know, whatever. And then I like <laughs> wrote about, you know, my experience with yeah. the sororities. And this girl who I went to college with commented and she said, I wish I would have had the courage back then to like stand up for you. Like if mm. I could go back, I wouldn't which which like made me feel nice. Yeah, but I was good. still like, ugh, still Just, like you still know, ah, like F you. Yeah, but that made me, you know, that made me uh it helps me uh I guess it was a shitty situation. What am I saying? It was, yeah, it was shit. That's so annoying. But you know, that's just how it was back then. And now it's really cool that I experienced that. And now like, like I said, I have such a great group of friends Mm -hmm. and I have an amazing boyfriend and you know, like I live a really good life that I'm I'm happy and proud of. And you know, I don't, I can be at a strip club and like not (laughs) feel insecure. I can be the mascot for the strippers and it's, it's just really cool to be here because like I said, I was not here for many years. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I'm sitting here like reflecting in my chair. No, seriously. I'm just still really mad about them, honestly, because in, in college, I had to work through college all the time. And so just the idea that people had these like, so I didn't know what is a, like a sorority is just like a, a good, a group of women involved in what like charity and community outreach and yeah, Friendship. and
1: they just, like, live in, they live in, like, these um, mansions. Beautiful and houses. Beautiful houses. <laughs> well, I lived in
0: literally a crack house. It <laughs> was, like, $400 a month. <laughs> Ugh, the college But it experience. was just, like, that idea of, like,
1: you're part of a group. You're yeah. part of a community. Yeah. And, like, you know, what was even crazier about that time when it, so there was, like, five, six hundred girls that were, like, rushing mm-hmm. that freshman year. And I met made friends with this girl named Heaven Snow. Mm-hmm. And she was gorgeous. And, uh, is that she, her real name? Heaven Snow. Shut up. So Heaven Snow and Lila Hart were best friends. Oh college. Up. Yeah. Her middle name is Lee. So it's Heaven Lee Snow. Her real name. Oh my God. But, um, that's really pretty. She got invited to be like part of all the sororities wanted her. But when she found out that like none of them wanted me, I'll never forget this. She walked off the lawn with me. And she's like, well, I'm not doing it if you're not doing it. And I'll never forget that moment. Like, we're walking off the lawn together and looking back at, like, the 700 girls who are just sitting on the lawn waiting for their bids. And my friend, Heaven Snow, walked off the lawn with me. You know? What? And she's like, I'm not doing it if you're not doing it. And, you know, she was my best friend. That so. makes me want to cry, actually. Oh, my God. In life, and Heaven Snow. Yes. And you know, she's, she was gorgeous and this like, she could have gone into any house, mm-hmm. but she walked off the lawn with me. That, that is, was really cool. Oh
0: my God. That should be in a movie, honestly. <laughs> I actually am teared up about Heaven Snow. That's like the sweetest shit I've ever heard. Because yeah. that's, that's the kind of shit I like. That empathy, <laughs> that loyalty shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It like makes me really happy. Anyway, I got to quit drinking, you guys. <laughs> It's, it really is hard... Ho- it's, like, hard for me to focus after a night out. Did you, do you go out a lot? No, I
1: actually... I haven't I had a stop. drink in two years.
0: Wow! I, I have oh trouble. God. I can't.
1: Well, if you want, I'll tell you a good story. Okay. So, um, I actually... So I'm like sober. I'm going to smoke weed here and mm-hmm. there for like pain management, but um, I don't drink and I don't do anything. And really it's because stand up, I want to be super laser clear and mm-hmm. focus. but my goodness, I used to party. <laughs> I used to party. Um, one time this is like three months before I started comedy. I was flying home to my parents' 25th wedding anniversary and on a flight from San Diego to Oakland and then from Oakland to Seattle. Okay. On the flight from San Diego to Oakland, I was just drinking, having a good time. (laughs) And I got arrested off a Southwest flight. Stop. And spent the night in an Oakland jail. (laughs) My my little ass did. No. Oh my God, yes. And my dad is a correctional officer. So could you imagine- Calling my parents, being like, uh, I'm, I'm in Oakland, in jail. And I spent the night in an Oakland jail. Yeah. That is so amazing. It was insane. And then I remember <laughs> I, I was... Uh, I like was like, okay, I should I need to get sober or whatever. So I went to like an AA meeting, but I accidentally went to like an all men's meeting. No. And I walked in and it was like all these dudes, but they let me like sit there anyway. So oh, I was like, nice. and the front was really nice. But I was like, <laughs> screw this, I'm not doing this. So you know, I drank for like another year after that, but you know, it was like stand-up where I was like, This is what I really wanna do, and there's no greater high for me yeah. than when I'm on stage. Yeah. And especially when I'm like laser sharp focus. And yeah. also I just have a drunk personality and I can just like pretend Lucky. that I'm drunk, that's you know, fun. and I've done enough drugs and drank enough to like really just put on the improv.
0: See, that's why I, cause last night we're kind of like hosting the party. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like, I'm trying to be like, Oh, have some tequila shots at my new restaurant. Like, you know, I'm like doing it for the cause. So I blame my hangover on everyone else. <laughs> I did this for everyone else. No, so you, you look great. You, you don't even look like you have a hangover. This oh is unbelievable. God. I love you. You're so sweet. And speaking of hangover, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow I'm actually flying to Vegas. I'm going to be hosting at the Sapphire Pool. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's going to get wild, too. It'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, getting paid to party is pretty sweet. Oh, how? And yeah. I mean, you're doing the same shit. Well, yeah, I
1: mean, it's, and it's funny because like, I don't, even when I like go to like events and stuff, like, like I said, like if I'm really trying to spice it up, I'll have a Red Bull, (laughs) but I'm so just out there with my energy that people really are surprised that I'm not drinking. And then... It's also like really exciting for me. I think it's really funny. If I'm like in a room and there's like 150 people there and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm the only sober person here." It's just like really funny to me and I, I like it is. really just play off of that and oh then god. I can just make myself feel
0: drunk off the energy. God, See, sometimes me in public, I'm like a lazy house cat. <laughs> like I'm just sitting there there to consume the food. Honestly, that's really that's really me in public. It's really sad. God, that's funny. I know. But anyway, let's tell everyone. So let's tell everyone where they can watch your YouTube channel and where they can follow yes. you online. Um, you guys can follow me at channel
1: 310, and that's just channel 310. I have a show called Small Talk with Lila Hart.
0: Your voice sounds amazing on this thing, oh, by the thank way. Thank you.
1: You have a great voice. <laughs> no, yours is better. I like literally listened to like a bunch of your episodes, <laughs> and it was amazing. Um, and you can follow me at Love Lila Heart. L-O-V-E-L-I-L-A-H-A-R-T.
0: Oh, my God. It's, you really sound perfect. And she's under my follow list, too. So if you get confused, yeah, she's under there. Thank you so much for coming Thank on you. my show. Thank you. Come know,
1: back soon. I just want to say I really am honored to be on your podcast Aww. just because you really are stunning, you know, and you do so much. but. The fact that you are so sweet and kind and I'll never forget the moment I met you and how nice and approachable you were yeah. and just, no, I love you and I think you're so awesome. You're and, the same
0: and that's why we're both going to go far. I con- wish you more and more success, you know? <laughs> you too, but I know you're going to have it. So I'm just going to sit back and watch and be a fan for the rest of my life. So can't wait to have you back. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Lila. Okay, bye everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>